this morning. Heavenly Father, we come before you. We come humbly this morning to seek your face. We thank you because you are our God. We thank you because you are our maker. We thank you also because we know times and seasons are in your hands. We thank you because you have a plan for us, a plan to give us the hope and a future. Lord, we give you praise. We thank you for this season of Christmas that we reflect on the birth of our, of our Lord and Savior, Jesus. We thank you, Father, for the promise of Jesus. This was a promise you gave to humanity, and you brought it to fulfillment. We thank you for this, Father. And this also is a reminder to us that everything you have promised us in this life, we will receive it. Father, we say thank you. We are here this morning, Lord. Speak to us. One thing we need, oh God, is your voice, is the good news. There is so many negative news all around. But Father, we've come this morning just to hear good news from you, Father. You know each and every heart. You know, you know what everyone is going through. You know us by name. This morning, O oh God, address people's situation, Heavenly Father. Speak life, O oh God, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you. I surrender myself to you, Lord. Have your way. Speak through me, Father. Holy Spirit, take over. Take charge. We thank you. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This morning, we'll be looking into a story that I believe we're all familiar with. But I believe God wants to bring us, bring it to, bring it to our remembrance again, because this story is not just like any other story. God made sure this story made it into the Bible, so that it can be a reminder for for you and I today that He is a faithful God and He has never forgotten. No matter how much the delay, your challenges may be, God is still faithful and is able. Hallelujah. So the story we read is about the life of Zechariah and Elizabeth. But before we go into that, that their life, um, I just want to talk a little bit about the, um, the topic of my message is your good news is coming. I know in the bulletin, when I gave pastor a couple of weeks ago, I just said good news. But last night as I was reflecting and I was sharing with my children what I'll be talking, and I said, I don't feel settled with, the to- with, the, with that topic. What do you think? And they suggested your good news is coming. So your good news is coming, people of God. Hallelujah. My good news is coming. Our good news is coming. There's more that God wants to do in our life. Our good news is coming. And this season is a reminder, you know, it's really all about Jesus. But before Jesus came, God visited this man and woman and gave them a good news. But before that, I just want to talk about the author of this book of Luke. You know, there's four Gospels. Luke is the only one that gave us the accounts of Zechariah and Elizabeth. Now, Luke is a doctor and historian. He was not a Jew, he was a Gentile, but he became a believer. And God used him to be a witness. And it's interesting, Kintunde was praying about us being a witness this morning. You know, for some of you, this message, all you probably need to hear, all God wants, you to, God wants to highlight to you is about the life of Luke. That he needs you to be a Luke in somebody's life. Luke took time. If you read verse 1 through, through 4, we didn't read that part. Luke said, he was writing to Theophilus. I believe Theophilus was a Roman official. And he was saying, he said, I'm making a, an account of the things that we've, we've witnessed. The things that we've been witnessed to. Actually, let's quickly read that um, scripture. Luke 1, if you can show it up. Luke 1, verse 1 to 4. 
Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled amongst us, just as they were handed down to us by those who from the, who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. With this in mind, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I too decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things that you have been taught. So I believe Theophilus was a believer, but Luke took the extra time to write this account in detail so that there might be, you know, I believe he said that you may know the certainty of the, of the things that you have been taught. For some of us, God is calling us to that place to be a look to someone, to take time and, and explain the truth of the word of God, to take time and go through someone who is going through a struggle to help them. So going back to the life of Luke, he, he also wrote the Acts of the Apostle, very detailed person. I know we thank God for those who are very detailed. They take time. They give you all the pictures. Sometimes again, I just go straight to the point. But there's a place for detail. You know, that's one thing. Luke gave a lot of, you know, picture, explanation about Jesus' experience with people. He was the only one, to my amazement, that actually gave us the story of Zechariah and Elizabeth. He highlights Jesus Christ's humanity. Not only is divinity, but it shows us how Jesus related with people. He talked about being a physician. He gave when Jesus healed people. He would talk about the particular ailment the person had and how Jesus addressed it. So Luke was an amazing person that God used. He was not a disciple. He was not an apostle. His own goal was just to to jot things down. And today is, is, a, is it's in the scripture and it's an encouragement for you and I. So that's a word for someone. Maybe God just wants you to be a look to someone. We need, we need, we need looks who will just take time and, and, and explain to people and be witnesses of what God has done, of, of what they've seen. Hallelujah. So going to our story, in this time, and this was before conception of Jesus, before Mary conceived Jesus, verse 5 says, In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah. So in that time, Herod the Great was in power. And if you know about Herod the Great, he was not the nicest king of Judea. He wasn't. He, he didn't love his people. He didn't care much for them. So he was, the one, he was the one in power. So really, at that time, there was a lot of you know, tyranny in the land. At the same time, the Israelites were still waiting for Messiah to come. So we can say it was a dark time in history for people. It was a dark time in history. Just like we, just like we see around us today, you know, there are people like Herod who are still ruling. Just have to look a little to that side of Korea. You see people like that who are still ruling. You know, but we, and that's why we need to continue to pray because only the gospel of Jesus can change North Korea and it will come in Jesus' name. It's not so much about how much intelligence we have. Nobody can even figure it out. So we need to pray about that part of the world, hallelujah, that the gospel will come in and people's eyes will be opened and every wicked power will be uprooted. Amen. So there was darkness all around. But also in the life of these two believers, we can say there was also darkness to some extent. There was darkness because there was something they desired and they don't have. But God brought a good news. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So what is the good news that we 
are really looking into today. What is the good news? It's there in verse five, verse 5 and 7. Sorry, the good news is actually in the verse 13 and 14 of the scripture. Basically, the good news says, The angel said, Don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son. You are to name him John. You will have great joy and gladness. And many will rejoice at his birth. So the good news that God is bringing to us today, number one is, God has heard your prayer. I don't know how long you've been praying, but God is saying, I have heard your prayer. I have heard your prayer. This definitely applies to those who are believing God for a child, but it's not just about that. Whatever that need is, whatever that desire is, God is saying today, and you've been faithful in praying about it. Is he healing? Is he a breakthrough? Is he an open door? God is saying, I have heard your prayer. And the second good news is, you will be fruitful. You will be fruitful. You will excel. You will prosper. That's the plan that Jesus has for you and I. And the enemy has tried so much to, to make us you know, feel like, I'm, I'm different. Maybe I can't get all these things. Some people are just special. They have it easy for them, but it's not my case. No, no, no. You are a child of God. And since you're a child of God, God's promise for you stands forever. The only thing is the time of your delivery, it may be different. But that promise stands your promise stands, your words endured for, endures forever. Amen. And you will have great joy and gladness. When that delivery comes to you, when it presents it to you, you will have great joy and gladness. It will wipe away the time of waiting, the time of pain, the time that you feel so lonely and rejected and shame. That was what Zechariah and Elizabeth experienced. That's, what the, that's, what, that's the news the angel brought to them. And that's, it's, that news is for us today because God, being who he is, made sure this story made it into the gospel to show us that what he did for Zechariah and Elizabeth, he wants to do for us today. He wants to make us fruitful. He wants to give us great joy and gladness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So what? made, you know, how did Zechariah and Elizabeth, what was special about them? How did they position themselves for this good news? And that's really the area we will be looking into because we also we want to position ourselves for this good news to come, knowing that the enemy has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He's always trying to distract us and get us off the track so we cannot get to our destination. So we want to look into their life and see what they did, what was about them, how God, how, what we can draw from their life. Amen. So I want you to please open your mind this morning and see what you can take from, this, from these people. So to be positioned for the good news, one thing we can see about Zechariah and, and Elizabeth is that they were connected to God. And someone say, be connected to God. Tell your neighbor, be connected to God. You know, Many people, many of us, we come to church. We come because we just feel that's the normal thing to do on a Sunday. We were raised that way. But if you really, really, if someone really asks you, are you really, really connected to God? When you are alone with Him, do you, can you truly say that you know Him? You have peace with Him? You have a relationship with Him? Can you truly, truly say that? 
I know for some here today, that's, not, that's an answer you are not very certain about. And God is telling you this morning to be connected. That's one thing he saw in the life of Zechariah and Elizabeth. Verse 5 tells us that they, Zechariah belonged to the priestly division of Abijah, and his wife, Elizabeth, also a descendant of Aaron. So they were from a priestly family. And we also are also a royal priesthood. First Peter 2, 9 tells us that. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a consecrated nation, a special people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies, the wonderful deeds and virtues and perfections of him who has called you out of darkness into his light. This morning, God is reminding you that you are chosen. And you are a royal priesthood. You don't really have, I mean, in, the, in their days, you have to be born in that lineage. But by Jesus Christ, we all are a royal priesthood. Hallelujah. That's something to clap about and say thank you, Jesus, because I am a royal priesthood. So you can see yourself in this light too, that I'm a royal priesthood. You know, I'm also a descendant of the high priest, which is Jesus Christ. You know, it's not even about Aaron, the high priest anymore. He's really the one who is sitting on the, on, on the right side of the Father. Yes, who is interceding for us. Thank you, my sister. So be connected to God. For someone here, you know, you just need to rededicate. You've had some situations that have made you feel like, God, I don't understand you. You've not been fair to me, and I think I'll just give you some space. But God wants to take all over. Don't just, don't just have God in your guest room. God wants to have access to your kitchen, to your dining room, to your bathroom, to your lounge, to your bedroom. He wants to have access, be connected to God. The next thing we see about these people that Luke wrote about is that they were blameless before God. You know, it's not just God talking about it. For someone who eyewitnesses to say, those people, they are, they are on point. I mean, we, we always, it's, it, it just shows that their life definitely exemplifies righteousness. Verse 6 tells us, they were both righteous in the sight of God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and requirements of the Lord. So this was a, this was a testimony of Zechariah and Elizabeth. They were righteous, not just because they were priests. And it's so important because when we're going through life, the enemy will bring things our way. Last Bible study, we were talking about forgiveness. Issues will come our way. And God wants us to be in that place that we, we stand in righteousness. Please don't hold any grudge. For some of us today, what God wants us to do is to reconcile. Reconcile you back to your loved ones. Fathers and sons being reconciled together. Reconcile you back to those people who have hurt you at work. Reconcile you back to your ministry. John 14, Jesus tells us, I will not say much more to you, for the prince of this world is coming. He has no hold over me. Jesus was so sure. The enemy has no hold over him. He cannot find anything in Jesus. Can you say today that, you know, if Jesus comes, he cannot find anything. No, no blemish. Are you blameless before him? But it comes so that the world may learn that I love the Father and do exactly what my Father has commanded me. 
When you do what God has commanded you to do, that makes you blameless. You love, you forgive. You know, you show care to people, not just people that, that you know. You work blameless. That was one thing we see in the life of Zechariah and Elizabeth. The third thing, I believe that positioned them for the good news. They were committed to God. In spite of their challenge, they were committed to God. In those days, having a child is a major big, is very big. It's still a big thing in our time, but in those days, it was just very major. Once you don't have a child, it's, it's concluded that you, you're not in right standing with God. God is not happy with you. But this did not deter them. They were still committed to God. As we see in the story that we read, that Zechariah was part of the priesthood, and he was in the temple to do the duty that he was assigned to do. He was committed. They were committed despite their challenges. Luke 1.7, but they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive and they were both very old. So they were both very old. That did not stop them from going to the temple. They had, you know, a question mark pretty much. It did not stop them from serving. Be committed to God. And that comes when you are, first of all, connected to God. You get committed to God. Nothing, nothing will separate you from the love of God. Like Paul said, no, no situation, no storm, no challenges. Because at the end of the day, is the God of all is the one who made you. Jeremiah 42, 6. That was, that was what the Israelites told them, I mean, said to Jeremiah. Whether it is pleasant or unpleasant, we will listen to the voice of the Lord our God to whom we are sending you so that it may go well with us. When we listen to the voice of the Lord our God, when we listen to what God is telling us, it will go well with us. Right now, God is already speaking to some of us. He's already speaking. It will go well with you when you just choose to listen to his voice. Amen. It will go well with you when you choose to listen to the voice of God. It's not easy. It's not easy, but God is faithful. You know, to be, to be chosen, what Zechariah experienced, to be chosen is, is a very special thing because in the priests, in the temple, they have about 20,000 priests. They have about 20,000 priests, and they, of course, they have different sacrifices, different things they do, you know, and they, they pick them by lot. But on this day, because of Zechariah's faithfulness, consistency, on this day, he was chosen. We'll go to the next point. So the first point we have is be connected to God. Be blameless before God. Be committed to God. Be faithful in the place of service. You know, be faithful. And I, I said be committed to God first because some of us, are, we may be very active doing something, but are you really, really connected to God? Is your service really because you love God or because you want people to applaud you or you want to please the pastor or your minister? It should really be to God first. That's why being committed to God is number one. That whether it is pleasant or unpleasant, a day like this, it wasn't so pleasant to wake up and clean up the snow, right? But you said, God, I will go and worship you because if it was my work, I would still have gone. Hallelujah. 
And these are some of the things. That's just a, the snow is just, a, I mean, a trivial thing. We, we are a little spot, you know, in our place where we are now because we have cars, we have, you know, trucks to drive and some people go through so much more to be able to go to a place of worship. So to be, be faithful in the place of, of service, Luke 189 says, Once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as a priest before God, he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. So I was saying, telling us that it's about 20,000 people. The chances of being picked is so, is really, 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 really scarce. I don't know how many services they have in a year, but it's not that common. And when he was chosen, the assignment he was given, because there are many, many, sta- many, many, sta- many parts to it. There will be people who will come to the altar to clean up the ashes. There are people who will, pro- who will provide the supplies of the new um, sacrifice. And there will be the one that will light up and burn the incense. So he got that assignment, and it was really one of the best, best, like you have to be the, you know, old, faithful past, uh, priest to be able to do that. And that was what happened to him that day. He was chosen by Lot, and he was in the temple, being faithful in service. I know some of us, we started this year with, you know, with our list, we crossed our eyes, you know, crossed our T's, dotted our eyes, did 21 days, signed up for two ministries or more, came for all the meetings that pastor called, we're always on prayer line in the morning, at night. And you're like, God, where are you? I've done all this, but where is my... I've done my part, but God, where, where are you? And I really feel there's a lot of people you are at that place. Yeah, you're feeling like, you know what, 2018, I'll just chill. Please don't. Because your good news is coming. Keep moving. Keep running. Don't let anything stop you. Because the God who has called you is faithful. See, he's already answered your prayer. But what you don't know is the delivery date. But your prayer has already been answered. But one, and one thing about God is that the, the, his delivery date is the perfect date. You have your expected delivery. You know, when people are pregnant, they have the EOD. Is that what they call it? Yeah. E-E-D-D. But God knows the perfect day. Hallelujah. That baby will come when God wants the baby to come. Hallelujah. So, praise God. Even when some people are scheduled for C-section, sometimes they fall into labor. So, God, God, God just intervenes. So, but really my challenge, because I can tell that some people are weighed down. And you see things happening all around, and you feel left alone. Do not quit on God. You know, be steadfast, be immovable. 1 Corinthians 15, 18 says, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully, not partially, fully to the work of the Lord. Give yourself fully to his work. You know, I've come to resign. What else will I do? It's, it's all about him. It's all about God. Hallelujah. Do, give yourself fully to God, to the work of the Lord, people. Because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Please let us give ourselves fully to God. As we are crossing over, for those who have been faithful, continue to be faithful. I mean, Zechariah and Elizabeth, they were from the priesthood family. They were serving God. People, 
People told, witnesses told Luke, they were righteous and blameless, but they were childless. It doesn't make sense, right? It doesn't make sense. But they did not quit serving God. Please don't quit. Keep serving God. Keep pursuing your God. Be faithful in the place of service. Be faithful in the place of service. Because when God, show, when God chooses to show up, he will show up big. When he chooses to show up, he will show up big. Zechariah was given to go and burn the incense. And he was by the altar. And he had an encounter. And the angel gave him the news. So that's my encouragement to someone this morning. Keep moving. Keep serving your God. Keep giving. You know, even take it to the, a, a higher notch. And let the devil, put the devil to shame. Don't settle. And for those who are here today, and you, you've not really been a part of ministry in Agape. God needs you. You are his hands and feet. You don't think it's all fine and dandy. We need people. We need people in children's ministry. We need people in the parking lot. And as you are in your place of service, you don't know when God will encounter with you. That's what happened to Zechariah. He was there. You know, he was there. I'm sure they've come over and over, over and over again. The Lord will go on different people. But he kept coming. And this day, the Lord came on him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the next point, the last point, is to be devoted in place of prayer. Be devoted in prayer. Be devoted in prayer. Because when the angel appeared to him, when he was by the altar, the angel said, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. Your wife will bear you a son and you have to call, call him John. Your prayer has been heard. Can God really say that, yes, I know my daughter's or my son's prayer. Have you put your request to God? Please, or did you do it a year ago and you just stopped because, I don't know, it's nothing, I, I don't think this prayer is, I don't think so. Be devoted in the place of prayer. Even when you feel weary, find someone to hold your hands. Call somebody. I mean, there's even no excuse not to pray if you belong to this church and if you really, really pay attention to the announcements that we share this opportunity. In the morning, we have morning devotion at 6 o'clock. For those who don't know, for 30 minutes, we pray together. We go through devotional together. 9 o'clock every evening, there's time for prayer. And as you also get connected to the church, if there's particular needs in your life, you can find, it, you can find someone to reach out to to pray with you. We, I mean, we are prayer ministry, and that's part of why being connected goes a long way. But it's important to be devoted in prayer, not to give up. Colossians 4.2 tells us, devote yourself to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Devote, it's, it's an action. Devote yourself. It's not just something that you are passive. When it happens, it happens. No, Jesus Christ gave us, showed us his example. He took prayer seriously. And the Amplified Version tells us, be persistent. So, not just to be devoted, but be persistent. Because you can be devoted to, okay, just once a week, once a month. No. Persistent means continually to prayer. Being alert and focused in your prayer life. 
Some of us are prayerful, but are we focused in our prayer life? Are we alert in our prayer life? We, want, we have our prayer list, but when we go before him and he tells us, change this prayer, just worship me today. Just, just give thanks to me today. That's what being alert means. Because you know what he, how he wants to direct that prayer meeting, that conversation. So it's not just to pray alone, but to be alert in our prayer and to be focused in our prayer life with an attitude of thanksgiving. Don't go before God uh, um, with that mentality of, okay, you know, no, 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 no. That, um, I'm trying to get a word to use, you know, entitlement, yes. No, go to him with an attitude of thanksgiving. Father, I thank you. I love you. Worship him. But be devoted in prayer. Be devoted in prayer. Hallelujah. I want to quickly look again at that Luke 13 and just tells, I mean, Luke 1 13, when the angel appeared to Zechariah. Verse 11. Verse 11, 12. Luke 1 11. Can you show it up? So while Zechariah was on his duty, then, verse 11 says, Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son. I just want to say something about the altar. Um, I know sometimes during worship, some people are led to come to the altar. You know, there's something about God's presence. It's not necessarily that physical altar, but we know in this place, it's really about God's presence. I want to encourage us to be free in God's presence. You know, there's something about when people, some, I mean, I've had many testimonies that when people come before the altar to speak, to confess, it's, it's always, it's a sacred thing. And as I was just reading through this scripture to prepare my notes, that caught my attention that the angel appeared to him standing at the right side of the altar of incense. So just, I just want to highlight that to us because some people may wonder, why do people go to the altar? What's go- why do we have to come to the altar? It's really more about God's presence. You know, God's presence is really what makes, changes things. But when you come to the altar, and it doesn't have to happen during worship, during service time, if the Holy Spirit is prompting you to do something, lay at the altar, pray before the altar, I believe there's a power in it. There is a power in it. His ministers, his ministering angels are always present. He is always present. I just wanted to bring that to our attention. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So as we close this morning, before we go into prayer, you know, God loves us and he wants us to know that he has not forgotten about us. But it has to start with that connection. For some of us, you need to, we need to rededicate. You need to rededicate your life to God. This is why Jesus came. Luke 19.10 tells us, For this reason, the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. This is really why Jesus came. He came to seek and save the lost. He wants to reconcile us back to the Father. So this morning, 
God wants us to be reconciled back to him. Especially those, who, you, are, you have been in faith, but you know you've not given God your attention. You, like, again, you just keep him in the living room. It doesn't have access to everywhere in your life. Yes, you, you've been in church, you were raised, you've, you've even been a worker, you're still a worker, but in this season, God is ready to show, show up big. He has a good news for you, but you have to be in that connection. You have to be in that real priesthood. Because God will give you so much more that you can ever imagine or think. He will give you peace. He will give you joy. He will give you hope. Goodwill. Goodwill to all mankind. There's something about having God that is so valuable. It's so valuable when you've tasted of his love. It's so valuable. Nothing, nothing else matters. You know, in accounting, we talk about a word, goodwill. When a company acquires another company, there's a goodwill. It's always logged on the asset, long-term asset. Especially if it's a good name, a brand name, it gives a goodwill. But maybe if, if that company runs down and something happens, there's a lawsuit against, against them, accountant, you know what I'm talking about. Then we call it impairment. Impairment means, okay, now we have to adjust the goodwill. Is not... But with God, there is no impairment. Hallelujah. The good will keeps going and going. Hallelujah. God wants to give you good will. He wants to crown your life with grace and glory. If, that, if that's for you this morning, to rededicate back to the Father, please bow your heads and pray. And invite him to come. Invite him to come in. Come in, Jesus. Say, Jesus, I need you. Take your place. Take your place. If that's you, and you want to rededicate your life to God this morning, you think, oh my God, when I connect with God, I will lose this, I will lose that. No, 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 no. It's a valuable asset when you have him. It's goodwill that keeps growing. Your life gets better. If there's anyone here this morning that wants to rededicate their life to God, please put your hands on your chest. And if you want to rise, if you can please rise up, that would be good because his angels are here. And they're ready to just crown you and give unto you a new garment and take away the pain, the disappointment, the shame, the pain, whatever, the hurt that makes you build a wall with God. God is saying, no more, no more. Come to me, my, my daughter, come to me. If that is for you, rededicating your life to God this morning, say, Jesus, come into my life. Be my God, be my king, be my savior. Take over, take over. I see that I'm, I'm depreciating, but today, Father, I know you can bring me back to a right standing with you. Come into my life and reign forever and ever. Make me blameless before you. Take away every blemish. Father, take away every blemish in me, Lord. Give me a holy garment this morning. Clothe me, Lord, with a new robe this morning. I surrender my life to you. I give you my everything. 
in Jesus' name. I also want us to pray. There are people here, you feel like you are like Elizabeth and, and Zechariah. You feel God has forgotten about you. But God is saying today, I am able to restore. He says, come unto me, Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come unto me, all ye who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. God wants to restore you. Before we go into restoration, he wants to bring reconciliation. If there are people here, malendere, bababa, shekekeleba, sotorobobobobo, yeketeleba, have your way, Holy Spirit. Have your way, have your way, have your way. Have your way, malekekelebo, shendere, bababababa, sokotorobobobobo, shekekeleba. You need to forgive. You know, that's one of the things he said he's bringing John to do. When you talk about John, that he will reconcile the fathers back to the sons. Reconciliation. God wants to do a work of reconciliation in our lives today so that nothing will hinder us from getting what he has for us. Verse 17 tells us, and it will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and disobedience to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. God wants to prepare you for 2018 and he's saying, let it go. Take off the baggage. Let it go. Take off the baggage. Delete that issue. Delete it in the name of Jesus. So if you are here this morning, you need to, re- to reconcile. You need that grace to forgive. You need that grace to let go. I want, you to, I want you to lay your hands and just speak to God this morning. Lay your hands on your chest and say, Father, help me. I let it go. Every bitterness, every anger. Every record of wrong, every, every record of wrong that I've kept. No more, Father, take the chains. It's a heavy weight, it's a baggage. Lord, take it off. Holy Spirit, come and ask for the help of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, yes, Holy Spirit, come, 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 come. If you, if you know the name of that person, one of the things that, we, that helps doing forgi- you know, forgiveness is to speak that person's name and say, you know, David, I release you in the name of Jesus. Speak that person's name right now. Speak their name. I release and say, I release you in the name of Jesus. I bless you in the name of Jesus. I forgive you for all the wrong things you have done towards me. Because you don't want that issue to hold you. You want to position yourself for your good news. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father, for your grace that helps us, Father. Thank you for your grace, oh God. Thank you for your healing, Lord. Healing the wounded hearts this morning. Yes, Father. Yes, Father. And for some people, 
It's about restoration. There's rededication, there's reconciliation, and for someone, two, three, four is restoration. He wants to restore. He restored. I mean, Zechariah was not even really expecting, because if you read, and I'll read, read the rest of that story, he was not really expecting that he would be having a child, because when the angel told him he would have a child, he said, he, he, doubted, he doubted the angel, right? And he was mute for a while. I believe he was actually praying for the Messiah to come. That's because he said, your prayer has been answered, then your, your wife will have a child. So the, really, his prayer was that Messiah will come. But God did more than that. He actually used his, his, him and his wife to bring forth the person that will prepare the way for Messiah. God wants to restore what you have lost. If you are here this morning and you feel, especially those who feel like time, you've lost time, you've lost time, God is saying, I am restoring that lost years in the name of Jesus. I am restoring the lost years in the name of Jesus. I'm restoring that lost years. God is restoring the lost years. You know, it can make all things new. You may be 40, you may be 50. It will make you new. Thank you for restoration of lost time. But I thank you, Lord, because you're going to show up big. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you for restoration. We thank you, Lord Almighty, because all the years, years of shame, of reproach, you're taking it away. Hallelujah. No more chains in the name of Jesus. But I will thank you because you are giving us a new song. Just like Elizabeth said, my God has shown me favor. He has taken away my disgrace, my reproach today. God is taking away your disgrace and your reproach in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you. See, he's, he's working on each and every one of us. He knows that pain. Pain, shame, and disgrace. Daddy, thank you because we know you are ready to do something great in this season. Our Christmas of 2017 will never be the same. Lord, thank you for restoring years, oh God. Yes, that the enemy has stolen. Thank you, Daddy. Come and do what you alone can do. Come and do what you alone can do. Take the pain away, my God. But I will thank you. We thank you. Can we all hold our hands while we're seated? If you can hold or just touch your neighbor. Holy Spirit, we thank you. Our restorer, our healer. Thank you for what you're doing in our hearts right now. Holy Spirit, move. Move. Move in the name of Jesus.
heal pain in the name of Jesus. Heal hearts in the name of Jesus. Restore peace. Restore wasted years. Restore stolen years. Uh, reset people's life today in the name of Jesus. Let there be a reset in the name of Jesus. Reset wombs in the name of Jesus. Reset marriages in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. Restore brain cells in the name of Jesus. Restore lungs. There's someone here with a lung issue. Maka Sokoto is working on your lungs right now. The power of God is upon your lungs right now. It's like a heat feeling. His power is working upon your lungs. It's giving you a new lungs. That diagnosis is not for you. It's giving you a reset. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.